1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com people today.
2: My name is Alex Parker, and I've spent my life dedicated to serving my country as a highly decorated green beret. I thought I'd seen it all—the horrors of war, the camaraderie of brothers-in-arms, and the relentless pursuit of justice. But nothing could have prepared me for the day my life would crumble around me. It started with a mission like any other—a routine extraction operation in a war-torn region. But what should have been a straightforward operation turned into a nightmare. A high-ranking government official had been abducted by a notorious terrorist group and our team was dispatched to rescue him. We executed the mission flawlessly, but when we returned, the horror began to unfold. As the sun set on the horizon, casting long shadows across the base, I was called into the commanding officer's office. The room felt suffocating, the tension in the air almost tangible. The screen flickered to life, displaying damning evidence of my involvement in a heinous act of treason against my own country. The images were fabricated, twisted fragments meant to tarnish my reputation and strip away my honor. I protested vehemently, my heart pounding in my chest as I realized the extent of the setup. But my pleas fell on deaf ears. Within moments, my brothers, in arms became my captors, and I found myself fleeing from those I once called family. The weight of betrayal was crushing, and as I vanished into the shadows, I vowed to clear my name and expose the truth no matter the cost. The days turned into nights, and I navigated a treacherous path through the underbelly of the world I had sworn to protect. I connected with contacts from my past life, those who still believed in my innocence, and together we pieced together the fragments of a conspiracy that reached far deeper than I could have ever imagined. As I dug deeper, I uncovered a web of deception that led straight to the heart of our own government. It was a sinister plot to undermine the very foundations of our nation, to manipulate the course of history for the benefit of a select few. The tendrils of corruption reached high-ranking officials, government agencies, and even some of my own former comrades. Time was running out, and the walls were closing in around me. But I was determined, and I utilized every skill, every ounce of training, to evade capture an inch closer to the truth. It was a race against time, a battle not just for my own redemption, but for the safety and integrity of the nation I held dear. Every sleepless night, every narrow escape, brought me closer to the heart of the conspiracy. I confronted old allies, turned enemies, faced the ghosts of my past, and deciphered the cryptic clues that had been strategically left behind. The truth was a mosaic of betrayal and power, a puzzle that threatened to consume me. And then, in a final confrontation, beneath the dim glow of a derelict warehouse— The pieces fell into place. The mastermind, a man I once called a mentor, stood before me, his face etched with arrogance and cruelty. The showdown was a battle of wills, a clash of ideals that would determine the fate of not just one man, but an entire nation. With every ounce of strength and determination I possessed, I exposed the truth to the world. The evidence was undeniable. The conspiracy unraveled, and the traitors were unmasked. The web of corruption was shattered, but the scars it left were deep and lasting. As the dust settled, my name was cleared, but the cost had been high. The trust I once had in the system was shattered, the brotherhood I would cherished forever altered. I walked away from the shadows, a survivor of a battle that had extended far beyond the battlefield. My life had been a tapestry of loyalty, duty, and sacrifice. And though the threads of betrayal had threatened to unravel it all, I emerged stronger, determined to ensure that justice would always prevail. My journey had been one of darkness and redemption, a testament to the unyielding spirit of a Green Beret who refused to be silenced, even when the odds were stacked against him. I was working at around 2 a.m. on the north end of my jurisdiction on a dirt road that dipped slightly down in elevation into a tamarack and red-white pine swamp. I'm patrolling along the road because it's a known back way for drunk drivers to take to avoid the main route at bar time in between neighboring villages. Just south of me a quarter mile as the crow flies, is a small Native American reservation populated with residential. But I'm essential working somewhere that I shouldn't see anyone other than passing vehicles. Certainly no one on foot. It's in summer early fall, where the days are warm, but the nights are cold. As I'm driving, I have my window down, enjoying the brisk temps. I'm a Wisconsinite, and for some reason I was driving fairly slow, probably only about 20 miles per hour. Off to my left, I hear very distinctly the sound of water thrashing, and my mind initially thinks I hear maybe a deer or a bear running through the water had seen a black bear the night before, near where I was on this night. I came to a quick stop and used my spotlight and left alley takedown floodlight to hit where I thought I'd see something like the black bear fellow, but there was zero movement, just the sound of weighty water slushing away from me. Just the sound of weighty water slushing away from me. Where I was looking was not thick with woods, but more adolescent pines and smaller underbrush with a dry ridge only 50 yards away from me. I had lots of clear sight lines in between larger pines to the hill past the water. I estimated the water to be only maybe a foot deep, but as I'm seeing nothing make the sounds that I'm hearing, my mind then thinks that maybe it's a someone in the water but hiding behind a tree to avoid me, and so I have a concern for them because of how cold it was that morning. But I see nothing. The sounds of water moving was very distinct and to me sounded bipedal and heavy, and my perception was telling me that I should be seeing something only a couple dozen feet away from me, but there was just the sound. I called out, asking if anyone was there, but nothing. The swishing of water stopped, and I saw nothing walking up the ridge as if it had cleared the water. I didn't spend much longer looking into the barely-lit woods over the water. I rolled my window up and continued on briefly, hoping that I hadn't stranded a guy in the dark, cold, wet woods. That's what my rational mind was thinking but there was definitely a shit alarm going off in my lizard brain telling me to boot-scoot the F out of there the moment I didn't see anything running through the water. It was a back-of-the-neck tingly moment. The noise was so loud enough to hear it while driving in a vehicle, but there was only the pretty calm shimmer of the water and nothing that I could see running through a foot of water. This happened two falls ago, and I remember that morning every time I'd drive through there. As a former paramedic and nurse, I've seen a lot of things that have made me question the nature of our existence, but one aspect of the job in particular stands out as evidence of something beyond our understanding. Have you ever seen someone die? I mean, really die, not just slip into a coma or vegetative state? I've seen people die, yet their body carries on for hours, almost as if they're still alive, but something has left them. It's hard to describe, but you can tell when someone is no longer there. It's like the light has gone out of their eyes. Their body is just an empty vessel. But here's the thing. I've also seen the opposite happen. In traumatic deaths, when the body is failing and should be giving up, the person keeps on fighting. It's almost as if their will to live is stronger than their body's ability to keep going. And I know this may not be proof of a higher power or the afterlife, but it does prove to me that there's more to our existence than we can comprehend. It's a humbling and awe-inspiring realization to know that there's still so much we don't understand about life and death. And it's made me more grateful for every moment I have on this Earth. I'm working a maintenance job midnight to 5 a.m. in the old Denver light and gas building, 15th and Champa, downtown Denver. There's a few people around there during the day, but after hours the place is pretty empty. I'm working by myself and haven't seen a person all night. I go to the bathroom on the third floor, which is a narrow, long room. Walk in the door, two urinals directly to your left, then two stalls after, then a sink against the wall behind the stalls, then interior wall of the building. I hit the first urinal. As I'm finishing, I hear plain as day the sink turn on and variances in the water noise like someone is washing their hands. I zip up, turn, and the sink stops, so I just stand at the end of the stall because there's maybe two feet between the stalls and the wall that leads to the sink, and it just dead ends at the sink. So there's not really room for two people to pass each other and definitely not enough room at the sink for two people. It only took maybe two or three seconds, but I'm like WTF. There's nobody else in here with me. I wasn't tired. I can honestly say I heard what I heard. And I don't get freaked out imagining things. It's the only one thing in my life that I've ever experienced like that. Been there several times after and haven't heard anything like it since. I've been a park ranger in a national park located in England for just over ten years. I'm not going to reveal which one or even the county for the sake of my job as I still work here, but there are some pretty weird things that you find every so often while on shift. Things that my superiors would likely not appreciate me sharing online. My job mainly involves patrolling the trails and checking that they're all in a safe state for people to walk through. I was also asked to talk with school children in assemblies and such after about a year or so on the job to express how important it is to stay with the group on the trail. I gave pretty obvious reasons for this, but little did I know I would soon discover some of the horrifying truths as to why they should never wander off. The first story I'm going to share with you took place on a beautiful spring morning in June. I think this was during my first year on the job. The sun was still low in the sky, "'but it was slowly rising and brightening my surroundings. "'I was on a normal morning patrol "'through one of the deeper trails "'as it hadn't been checked recently, "'and protocol to frequently check "'all the trails for fallen trees "'and any potential natural hazards to hikers. "'It was such a beautiful morning. "'I remember walking along with a slight smile on my face "'as I listened to nature waking up in the trees. "'I found the cool breeze very relaxing.' and it had a truly peaceful effect on my mood. Suddenly, the trees to my left were filled with the sounds of birds squawking loudly as they frantically flew away. I stopped and listened for just a moment. Silence. A quote from another story I have read here reads very true to this situation. Prey is silent when predators are near. Now, understand that we don't have any bears or wolves here in England. Nothing like that so I suppose it could be a deer that had snapped a twig. However, the noise wouldn't usually drop like that as deer don't pose much of a threat to wildlife at all. I continued on, not thinking anything of it, and after a short time I got the urge to check behind me. There was a man walking maybe 100 meters back, and I was on a long straight, so it was easy to tell. I was confused, as the trails aren't usually used, until a little later when early dog walkers would show up. And even then few would wander this far into the woods at this time. He seemed to be walking at a very relaxed pace, his hands in his dark blue hoodie's pockets, and he had faded blue jeans. I radioed over to ask if anyone had seen someone enter the trail. I was walking shortly after I left, but no one had seen anyone come in or out other than the occasional dog-walker. I thought nothing of it, but continued on a slightly hurried pace. I usually wouldn't be bothered about it, being out on my own with another stranger. I wasn't a small bloke nor someone to get spooked easily. However, this guy just gave me a bad feeling. I was approaching a gate that leads to a much denser area of the woodland, more like a thick forest, and as I closed the gate behind me, I noticed this man had stopped dead in his tracks. He seemed to be staring right at me, but I couldn't be sure. Then he broke into a sprint, not a light jog that somebody out for exercise might. I'm talking a full-on sprint. It was almost aggressive. I freaked out and turned to run. Why would a complete stranger who was previously so calm and relaxed suddenly be sprinting at me? He hadn't called for help or even waved to me. Fortunately, the trail's long straight section was over, and I ran around a curve and hid behind one of the many large rocks that were by the side of the trail. I could hear his heavy footsteps thudding towards me, right until he was just on the other side of the rock and he stopped again dead in his tracks. He wasn't even out of breath. He just seemed to stand there for a while and then just walked off. I waited for what must have been close to ten minutes to be sure he was far ahead and radioed the strange encounter to my colleagues, who agreed it was strange. I cautiously continued on with my patrol. I never saw that strange man again, and I hope I never do. I have many more memories I would like to share with you. Stay safe out there. You are rarely truly alone in the forest. This happened to my dad and brother 16 years ago outside Fernley, Nevada. Long story short, two guys tried to murder them. The long version. So my dad and brother liked to go out into the desert at night and look for snakes, tarantulas, just critters in general. One night, they were up on a hill and they saw a truck driving by. My dad blinked his flashlight at them to signal they were up there. I don't know why he did this. Maybe so they didn't get ran over or something. Well, these individuals slammed on their brakes and started unloading rounds up toward them. My father smacked my brother to the ground and started screaming at them to stop. Didn't work. So the two of them army crawled toward my dad's truck while these guys were still taking pot shots. It was super dark out, so they didn't know where my dad and brother were. When they eventually made it to the truck, it stalled out. So, obviously, the shooters heard it and started firing at them. They hid under the truck and waited a long-ass time for a break in fire because every time they got ready to run, shots would start going off again. I guess they got to the point where they agreed. Either we make a mad dash out of here, or these guys will eventually just come up and execute us. So, that's what they did. They ended up running several miles back into town. A gas station clerk called the police, but nothing came of it. To this day, we have no clue who it was that tried to murder them, or how did they had so much ammo. We're talking hours of shots ringing out every couple of minutes. My father refused to ever go out in the Nevada desert again, though. Several years ago, I was guiding here in Idaho, and I had two older clients from the East Coast who'd been best friends since kindergarten. They were both kind of scared of the woods, but 20-year-old me was not scared of anything. Well, I dropped one off at a stand on the evening, and I took the other guy to a different spot. When it got dark, myself and the guy I was with went back to pick up the other guy he was laying on the ground about 100 yards from the stand. I was like, "Hey, wake up, It's cold out and we should be going." He just laid there, so I walked up and kicked his leg, and I realized his eyes were open. My started pounding super fast, and I leaned down and checked his pulse. No pulse. He's dead
0: One truly hydrated skin: Mitocea's body care breakthrough: Hyaluronic body serum.
2: I just turned to the other guy, and I was like, Well, you want to stay here or go with me to the truck so we can call my boss on the CB? He wanted to stay with his friend. It was pitch black, and this guy was already easily nervous, so I'm surprised he wanted to stay there. Anyway, this spot is near a trail that people hike on occasionally, and ever since it seems like weird stuff happens there. I know several people that have seen and heard weird things within a mile of the spot this guy died. I just avoid it anymore. I always thought it was weird that he was away from the stand, too, when I explicitly told him to stay in it till I came and got him. Not sure why he left it. Always listen to your guide. They have a reason for what they tell you to do. So here's another story that's quite a bit different than that one. Last year, I'm backpacking in the cabinets with my wife and my two younger sisters. We set up camp way up on a ridge about five miles into the wilderness boundary. And around midnight, I woke up because I heard some growling. It wasn't windy or anything. The growling was maybe a few yards from my tent, and I can hear some twigs snap. I'm getting nervous about this time, so I grab my glock in one hand and my bear spray in the other and creep out the front of my tent and naught but my undies. It was a bright moon, but I couldn't see any curse. I got back in my tent. A few minutes later, I hear some more growling, but whatever it is is just walking around the tent because now it's in a different spot. It kept happening for hours as I laid there clutching my gun. In the morning, my sister said that they didn't sleep much because they kept hearing growling and snarling. Apparently something even brushed against their tent. I'm guessing it was a grizzly because I've been around black bears plenty and this sounded deeper and whatever it was wasn't scared of us. It probably just didn't like us being too near. It's dim. I guess the takeaway from that experience is always have a gun and bear spray in grizzly country. Here <laughs> September 1984, I was driving north along the Illinois River, north of Peoria, Illinois on Route 29. I'd been seeing a number of cars pulled over with the folks all looking up in the sky, and finally got curious and pulled over myself. When I did, I observed a huge vulture or eagle, like bird. When I say huge, I mean it was the size of a piper cub or tomahawk four-seat aircraft. It was dark brown or black. Had the same sort of profile as an eagle or a butio type bird. Long, broad wings and a large tail. For an instant at first, I thought it may have been an ultralight aircraft, as a landing field for them was not so awful far away. I did quite a bit of flying then, so I know how big airplanes are and how big they appear in the sky at various distances. This was no aircraft, though, as it effortlessly circled slowly above the river. I watched it for some time. Folks going by in their cars were also looking and pointing up at it. There are plenty of eagles, vultures, hawks, owls, etc. around there, and I know them when I see them. This was much, much bigger than a bald eagle. I raced back to my office telling my co-workers what I had seen. Of course, they teased me that I was smoking something. I watched the local news and read the paper for some time, but there was no mention made of it. Plenty saw it, I'm quite sure. I had never seen anything like it since. I was out about 100 kilometers from the city last weekend, camping with my telescope. I set everything up, start the photo timer, and go to take a nap in my truck camper while it does its thing. I wake up in a bit and go to check the time, and my phone is dead. I go to check the camera, and it's not taking pictures. The... what well, was full batteries dead, so I can't see how long it has been, or how many photos I've taken... I go to pack up my gear and sit down on the grass to start coiling up some cables. As soon as I sit down and stop moving, I start to hear faint music. Now, my first thought is there is a couple farms around, so maybe someone's having a party and the sound is traveling, but it sounds like carnival music. It's not really something I could think of, someone playing in the middle of the night. Second, the music sounds like it has been slowed down, and it does not have a steady beat. I can sort of describe how it sounded, but not how it felt. Like this strange back-and-forth time dilation, while also being a little fuzzy and pretty quiet. It didn't particularly sound like it was coming from any direction. It was just music playing. It made the hair stand up on the back of my neck, and it just made me feel so uncomfortable. I've heard music off in the distance many times in my life, and the sound of it was just different. Anyway, I pack up half my stuff, pretty much run back to the truck, and close all the windows in the camper so I can't hear anything and go back to sleep. Wake up in the morning and there's no music playing, and I'm sort of wondering if it was just some crazy dream, but I find my gear half-packed up so I have no idea. Maybe it was some half-asleep thing going on, but I could have sworn I heard it when some of my electronics were charged so I could have recorded it, and I have no idea what time it was at. I figure it was sometime between one when I went to sleep and four a.m. when it gets light out. (laughs) The air was thick with anticipation as I prepared to step into the lion's den. My name is Anthony, a dedicated police officer with an unwavering commitment to justice. Today, I was about to embark on a mission that would push me to my limits an assignment to infiltrate a notorious criminal organization that had plagued our city for far too long. Undercover work had always intrigued me, but I had never imagined the challenges that lay ahead. As I assumed my new identity, I shed my old self, leaving behind Antony, the police officer, and becoming Tony, a man of shadows. The line between reality and facade began to blur, and I had to remind myself constantly of my purpose to gather evidence and bring down these criminals. Immersing myself in the criminal underworld was both exhilarating and terrifying. I rubbed shoulders with thieves, drug lords, and murderers playing my part convincingly all the while suppressing the nagging voice in the back of my mind, reminding me of the moral dilemmas I was about to face. One fateful night, amidst the dimly lit corners of the organization's headquarters, I witnessed something that defied all rational explanation. A creature, unlike anything I had ever seen, was held captive on a leash, its glowing eyes pierced through the darkness, sending a chill down my spine. It was a cryptid, a being that belonged in the realm of myth and folklore, not within the clutches of these criminals. Driven by the need for evidence, I discreetly reached for my camera, desperate to capture proof of this otherworldly encounter, but before I could press the shutter, The organization's enforcers were upon me, their eyes burning with suspicion. They accused me of spying and betraying their trust and confiscated my camera as punishment. In that moment, I realized the grave danger I had unwittingly stumbled upon. The organization's reach extended far beyond what I had anticipated, and my true identity as an undercover officer was on the verge of being exposed. Fear coursed through my veins, but I refused to let it paralyze me with every ounce of determination I planned my escape. I knew that my life and the success of this mission depended on my ability to outwit those who sought to destroy me. Under the cover of darkness, I seized a moment of distraction and made my move. Running through a labyrinth of corridors, I narrowly evaded capture, relying on my training and instincts to guide me. Every step was calculated, every decision critical. It was a high-stakes game, and I refused to be a pawn any longer. Finally, I burst through the doors of the organization's stronghold, gasping for breath and covered in sweat. Freedom had never tasted so sweet, but as I looked back I knew that my actions would have consequences. The criminals would stop at nothing to track me down, to protect their secrets, and to silence the threat I had become. As I melted into the shadows vowing to bring justice to those who had eluded it for far too long. I understood that my journey was far from over. I had glimpsed the supernatural, survived the clutches of evil, and emerged stronger, more determined than ever to expose the truth. Antony, the police officer, would resurface, armed with the knowledge of the organization's inner workings. I would gather the evidence needed to dismantle their empire, protect innocent lives, and ensure that the cryptid I had encountered would never be subjected to their vile clutches again. In the end... The organization's betrayal had only solidified my resolve. I was the relentless force they never saw coming. A dedicated officer who would stop at nothing to dismantle their criminal empire and bring them to justice, no matter the personal cost. So for the better part of fifteen years I've been seeing something. It's tall, very tall probably eight feet and it's pitch black. Everything around it seems to have a black staticky thing around it. Every time before it attacks, the same things happen. I have an immense sense of dread, and whatever direction that's coming from my ear in that side does immediately death. I see it and then pass out. When I pass out, I always wake up in some weird version of wherever I passed out, be it a classroom or church. I'm there alone with it. It stalks me and tries to get me. When I look at it, I feel depressed and want to give up. So far I've been, clawed, scratched, and bitten by it. All left real-world marks when I wake up. The worst time happened when it stretched his arm unnaturally long and began to choke me. I woke up and barely escaped, but woke up to an asthma attack that almost got me sent to the ER. It used to only happen once every few years. It bothered me, but not enough to make me really seek help. But lately it's happening a lot. In the past months it has happened at least three months the most recent i barley escaped it run inside my house and even my dog got scared i am so tired of this i don't expect to defeat or kill it but i have a kid on the way and i can't let this thing run my life anymore if any of you have any ideas of what it is please let me know I feel like now that I-23 male is growing up, I'm starting to feel the gravity of many things that happen and have happened around me. Being a curious person, I like to investigate things, like to make my own worries around them. Yesterday morning, I started having this conversation with my mom about my theories on what dreams actually are and what science says about it. In the midst of that conversation, I suddenly recalled an incident that happened with her many years ago. My mom is not at all a person who likes to make things up, she's always so skeptical of superstitions, and I and only I know that if she claims watching something with her own eyes, which freaked her out and almost froze her to death, she is speaking the truth. It happened around 12 years ago. My family was going through financial crisis, and we used to live in my maternal grandma's house back then. Recently, a thief had also been sighted in the house who ran away in panic because of the fear of being caught. Many scary things were happening and we were damn serious towards all of them as they were causing our family a lot of stress. I didn't get to know exactly when and how, but one evening my mom told my grandma that she saw a hairy demon in the bathroom and almost froze to death seeing that, as I was a stupid 11 year kid back then, I took it as a fun horror story and let it be. When I recalled this incident yesterday, I decided to ask about the details to my mom. So I asked her to explain how was the appearance of that thing. Actually, she told me it was sitting on the floor of our bathroom. She said that it looked like an early man. Told me it was so gigantic that when it stood up on its legs, he easily reached the ceiling. As she froze and started screaming for help to my dad, this creature took only a couple of very, very long strides and disappeared. She says she doesn't recall much detail from how this thing actually disappeared. I asked her why she calls that thing a demon. She said that because that's what her first guess was. I asked, so you mean to say it looked like a caveman? She said, no, it wasn't a man or human in the first place. A beast? I asked. She said yes. She said it had very long hair all over its body, and the hair had a soil-like color. Immediately, my brain said Bigfoot. Then I googled Bigfoot and showed her the images. She said that it was very much of the same appearance as those images. I was shocked to hear that. The thing is, I am from India. Nobody ever heard of any Bigfoots in India, let alone in an urban environment, and that too. In one's bathroom, as weird and illogical this incident sounds, it really happened. My mom rarely believes in things like these and is always very serious towards life. She has never been attention-seeking or something, and this incident never helped her in any way. In fact, she was facing so many more challenges in life that this incident was a fresh wound on already wounded skin. So what do you guys think of this incident? How can one see a Bigfoot-like creature in one's own home? which then disappears and is never seen again. Could it be something else? Also, there's a little incident about how my grandma saw it too around the same time, which I'm not including so that I don't make this super long post longer. When I was about 10 years old, I would go to bed around 8.30 p.m. I used to fall asleep in my mom's bed. She had a TV in her room, so I would fall asleep to cartoons and when she would come up to go to bed, she would wake me up and take me to my bed. One night I was sleeping in my mom's bed, as per usual, and I woke up to the door opening. I didn't wake up to look who it was because I figured it was my mom. It was just me and her living at our house. I heard her walk towards the bed and then stop. It was a good five minutes before I heard the bed creak from her laying down. She laid down and put her arm around me. She never said anything and neither did I since I was half asleep. She didn't wake me up to move me to my room, so I just figured she was letting me sleep in her room that night. I drifted off when I woke in the morning. I rolled over and saw my mom was gone. I walked downstairs and saw her sleeping on the couch. The title screen for Pretty in Pink was playing on the TV in the background. She woke up and smiled and asked me what I wanted for breakfast. I told her I'd just make myself a bowl of surreal. I headed to the kitchen and turned around to thank her for letting me sleep in her bed last night. She looked at me confused and said, You didn't sleep in your room, and I told her no. She said she fell asleep on the couch. I said, No, you came in the room last night. She looked at me even more puzzled and said, No, I've been down here the whole time. I kept telling her, No, you laid down next to me, and I even remember you putting your arm around me and stroking my hair. She looked horrified. Again, we lived alone. My mom has no history of sleepwalking either. To this day, my mom and I are still freaked out by this and don't really like to talk about it. Never happened again. Never had any other paranormal activity in the house either.